With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, George Carmen from Full Press Commanders. I'm here with my boy, Tyler Sawa from the Pride Podcast. We're talking week two football. Let's get it on. Thank you, everyone, for spending your Friday evening with us. We're talking week two NFL football, baby, this week. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Tyler, thank you for everything, your flexible schedule today. How you doing today, bro? You all good? Doing great, George. Thanks for having me on, man. Of course, man. I love talking football all day long, man. So obviously we have a pretty big matchup in about 48 hours, the Detroit Lions, the, um, you know, the, I guess they're kind of like the, um, the favored kind of like the, you know, up and coming people in the NFL with this whole hard knocks, people definitely starting to show some love right there. Um, what's the vibe over in Detroit after week one going into week two? I think it's kind of like wait and see right now. Week one was a game where, you know, they, they were competitive. They came down to the final wire with the team that's getting a lot of praises off in the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, they're a team that a lot of people are saying they're going to win the division and some people even have them as Super Bowl contenders. And, you know, to kind of go toe to toe with them week one, and lose the game by three points. I'd say the fan base has kind of been waiting to see. It's like, okay, we showed we can compete with these with a good team. Now, could we put it all together and maybe win a game? And I think this is a big test with Washington, where I think you know both teams are kind of similar as far as talent, where they are um, as far as a rebuild or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. I think both teams are in a similar situation right now. So I, I think definitely the fan base wants to see a win this Sunday. 
100%, right? So definitely was a pretty intimidating week one matchup. You know, Philadelphia, like, stacked their team up a lot with a lot of free agents and a pretty solid draft. Um, what was the story of the games? Like, from a third-party perspective, it seemed like Detroit was trying to pound the ball, trying to run the rock down the, the Eagles' throats. Jalen Hurts was kind of running around. I think you guys actually got up 7 nothing, right? But then the Eagles kind of fought back and got a pretty big lead. What was, what was your perception of the whole game? Yeah, I mean, it was a really good start, man. I mean, we got the run game going right away. We had, I think, our third or fourth play in the game. It was like a 50-yard run by DeAndre Swift. And, mm-hmm. you know, the offense really got going from that first drive. It was a 75-yard drive, owned the T.O.P. really well. It was, just a, it was just a very, very nice drive. And then after that, you know, it, it got kind of dry. There was three straight three and outs. And that's when Philly really took advantage and had a very big second quarter and um, ended up taking a 10-point lead into halftime. And, you know, it made it a little tough for the Lions team to kind of come back. But second half, they stringed along some good offensive drives after that little dry spell and Mm -hmm. uh, got the offense going to end the game well. So it's a little encouraging that we saw the offense get corrected in the game itself. Uh, We just didn't really have much of an answer on the defense side of the ball with Jalen Hurts and his legs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, from what I perceived, it seemed like the rushing game was kind of the heart of your offense, and that might be kind of like the – the spearhead throughout the year. I don't know if you agree to that or not. Like Jared Goff kind of, from my perception, kind of struggled in the first half. It seemed like you guys are more of like a running team this year. Is that fair to say, or what do you think? Yeah, that's definitely their identity. They want to run the ball and, you know, limit the amount of times Goff throws the ball. I think if you could have a game where Goff is only throwing anywhere from 25 to 30 passes a game, you'd probably say that's successful. Um, You want to have your offense run through the run game on the time of possession, keep the other offense off the field as long as you can, and, and then score points, obviously, while doing that. Are you a fan of Jared Goff, or what's the narrative over in Detroit? Are the guys like, do you want to build around him, or is it kind of like a wait-and-see approach with him? How do you guys feel? I think with Jared, it's really wait-and-see right now. Um, You know, I'm more on the boat right now where I kind of wanted to see a little more out of him. Right now, I'm not convinced he's the quarterback going forward beyond this season. I think he's a replaceable quarterback. But, hey, if he could show me something and, you know, he can maybe turn back the clock like what he did in 2018 – um, string along some wins and maybe even get us to the playoffs. Then he makes it an interesting discussion. Do you want to upgrade from Jared Goff? Um, is he the answer? I think that's when it gets really interesting. But I think from what we've seen from him here, what we've seen him from his career, I think we kind of know what Jared Goff is at this point where, mm-hmm. you know, he's not ever going to be a top 10 quarterback, but he's never going to be, I think, bad enough where we're like, we have to get this guy out instantly. I think he's a perfect, you know, bridge quarterback, a guy you could win with if everything's right. But if there is an opportunity to upgrade, I don't think the Lions would hesitate to upgrade from Jared Goff. Um, So it is wait and see. Um, And they're going to have their options next year. They have two first-round picks like they did last year. And we'll see what the veteran market looks like because it seems like in today's NFL, these guys (laughs) can be flipped any second. We saw Russell Wilson this offseason. We saw Matthew Stafford last year. Carson Wentz, you guys traded for him. So quarterback shuffle is real, and you never know who's going to be available. How much is Jared Goff getting paid this year? You know, off the top of your head, is he like, what's his like dead cap space if he leaves and what's all that situation like? So they can move off of him next year. Okay. I think they restructured the contract last year. If they did it, if they didn't restructure the contract, it would be a zero hit at all. They, they would be hit, okay. zero hit at all if they were to release him. But I okay. think after the restructuring, it's still nothing bad. I don't know from the top of my head. It's nothing more than like $15 million. I think it's probably less. It's probably like $10 million. Okay. Okay. So not a big cap. It's a really big way in C year for, for golf, and that's how they structure the contract as well. 100%. 100%. 
So the big story, I guess, all week long was kind of like looking at your offense. Like DeAndre Swift was a fantasy star last week. I think at 144 total yards or something like that. He definitely broke it out. Jamal Williams had two touchdowns there. Um, talking to other content creators this week, it seemed like the offensive line is a strong point for Detroit and just kind of that whole, um, you know, trying to maul the ball and run the ball. What's the latest on the injury report, and especially with um, DeAndre Swift? And that's actually, while you're talking, I'll pull it up. Go ahead. Yeah. The offensive line is banged up right now for sure. And like you said, that is a strength. That is our bread and butter for how our offense gets going. And that's how they want their identity to be. Um, our starting center, Frank Ragnow, like you guys can see right here, he is mm-hmm. he's out for this game. Um, you know, he's a big part of our offensive line. So Evan Brown's going to slot into that spot. Okay. Uh, Tommy Kramer didn't play last week. He actually just got placed on IR. Okay. So I expect Logan Stenbrook to be your starting right guard. And then Jonah Jackson uh, is, is on this injury report now. He is questionable for for this game on Sunday. I expect him to play. Uh, he's dealing with the finger injury, but we'll see. If he doesn't play, then we're really, you know, uh, offensive line shuffling. We signed a guy. Can't even think of his name right now. We signed him off the Eagles practice squad. We okay. just signed him. So they'd be very short notice to get him in a, in a starting role very quickly. So I, I would expect they, you know, think Jonah's going to play this week. But who really knows? And then Taylor Decker, he missed a couple practices, but he should play. The only healthy guy that's not doing anything on our offensive line right now is Panay Sewell. That's our right tackle. So, yeah, uh, how's that going? By the way, I know there was a huge conversation with him. I think it was the the debate between him and Jamar Chase. I think it was the debate, right? So last year, so um, I guess you know for the Bengals, I suppose. But I guess um, how how do you is he performing pretty well? Is he a yeah. pretty standout tackle? Yeah. He's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's been he's been really good for our team. He's been just rock solid at right tackle, nothing to worry about. And you know that's really good when you're not talking about offensive linemen. That's, that's a good thing. A good thing, right? Hundred um, percent. And and that's what Penesul has been, man. He, he's he's been really good. He's been flexible to play left tackle, play right tackle, play a little left tackle when uh when Taylor Decker was dealing with the finger injury last year, he had to miss a couple games. So, uh, mm-hmm. no, Penesul has been really good for this team. Yeah, very good. And I'm showing the listeners and the viewers, you know, for both of our fan bases, the Detroit, sorry, the Commanders um, injury report. Um, we'll see how things kind of play out. I think from our end, Wes Schweitzer, our guard, um, he had a hamstring issue. I think he's going to miss the game. It has, hasn't been officially been stated, but I think he'll be out. Um, he's a great run blocker, a great, um, you know, he is more of like a run blocker as opposed to a, a pass blocker. Uh, we do have Trey Turner, who as you see him further down the list as well. Um, he might play that guard position, but he hasn't really played at all during this whole, like, He's having that veteran treatment where he basically doesn't practice at all during the offseason. So he'll be kind of like, you know, getting conditioned while he's getting game time. So I don't know if it's the smartest strategy in the world, but we'll see how that goal goes. Uh, Jonathan Allen had a groin injury in the fourth quarter last week. Um, he's our standout player. I, I don't know if you guys know that over Detroit. He had nine sacks this year. He's a very, it's a good, um, you know, he creates chaos on the defensive line. I love Jonathan uh, Allen. Yeah, Jonathan Allen's a beast, man. I love him. He's awesome. Um, Cam Curl is kind of a young and up and coming safety. We love him over here in DC. Um, he had a thumb procedure last week. Um, he was supposedly on like the list of maybe potentially playing week one, but then during week two, like he basically couldn't get his surgery and paperwork done in time for week one. And supposedly he'll be in for week two, which will definitely offer us some sort of flexibility back there. And then one thing I want you guys to just kind of fill you in a little bit. One thing we're kind of high on in DC is Cole Turner right here. Uh, he had a hamstring basically um, all throughout training camp. And he, he, well, the story was this, right? Early August, he was dominating in training camp. Just to give you guys some context, Cole Turner was um, Carson Strong's tight end at, at Nevada. He's about six seven. He's more of like a slot, like you know Jimmy Graham type of tight end, where he kind of runs up the field and runs up the seams. 
uh, he was crushing it at training camp, but then basically he pulled a hamstring has been gone for a little while. So I do think he'll actually, he's a, he was a full participant, as you can see right here on Wednesday. So I think he will actually play in the game, which would be pretty cool. And um, that I, I'm hopeful to kind of see how he progresses because he is someone that we're definitely interested in So for our week. So something to keep an eye on. It's be cool. Yeah, you guys have our guy, uh, Logan Thomas, at tight end. How has he, he been for you guys? He's doing really good, man, actually. So thank you for asking. He actually, like, um, so like, two years ago before he actually, um, what's up, Roger? I see people in the chat. What's up, Roger? What's up, Corey? Um, basically, Logan Thomas had an awesome year a couple years ago. Um, you know, I think it was two years ago now. He stood out, had a couple touchdowns. He's starting to emerge as kind of like a borderline, um, you know, borderline pro bowler, to be honest with you. Like, he wasn't, like, elite, but he's, like, right on the um, cusp of that. But then what happened was he had a pretty bad ACL surgery last year. He was kind of like in and out of the lineup last year, but um, he started in week one, and I think he's going to continue to um, play. And uh, he's legit. Like, I think the only thing with him is that it's going to be a learning curve, you know, kind of coming back with the ACL and kind of getting back to normal. Um, what's that, man? But basically, um, I think that with, with Carson Wentz, what we like about it is that – sorry, with Logan Thomas and Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz tends to favor his tight ends. He actually, over the past five years, he's thrown to his tight end number three overall in the NFL, where Lamar Jackson was number one. So I think once Logan Thomas starts getting fully healthy, he's going to get force-fed a lot. So it'd be kind of interesting to kind of see that. So it's pretty good. Nice. Cool. So um, I guess let's, let's talk about the actual game a little bit, right? So the, we see the offensive lines a little bit beat up a little bit, the, you know, running back. So – just to kind of clarify, so DeAndre Swift will play, you think, in your opinion, or how do you yeah. feel about that? Yeah, okay. they asked They asked him, uh, the beat reporters asked him, I believe it was Eric Woodyard from ESPN, they asked him, and he goes, yeah, I'm playing this Sunday. Uh, like, I'm not concerned, man. He's playing this Sunday. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. So, obviously, he's a major component of your, like, offensive attack. Sure. What else is the winning formula for Detroit? Like, what? Like, who's going to stand out? Like, in a dream scenario, what do you want to see Detroit do against Washington next week? Or this Sunday? I mean, I think your secondary is vulnerable. I think that's right. something that they could definitely test out this Sunday. And I want to say a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, we saw him last year towards the end of the season just really break out. Had a really, you know, final five games. If anyone had him in fantasy football, he probably won your league if you had him in fantasy football. <laughs> and um, he showed us a little bit last Sunday in week one. They got him involved in that second half. He ended up with a touchdown. And, you know, if that's a matchup they could look for this Sunday, I, I think that would be ideal. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson, we're kind of just waiting for that big breakout year from TJ. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen flashes from him as far as being a pass catcher. And, you know, the blocking is still a work in progress right now. We're still really waiting for that big breakout year from TJ. And, mm-hmm. you know, week one was okay for him. You know, had a couple catches in that game. Um, blocking was still a little suspect. So, you know, if he could have a big game, you know, I, I think your back seven – it's something we could test, obviously. I mean, it's it's not the greatest unit. And I saw Jacksonville really ran the ball, and they kind of did it successfully with James Robinson. So I, I would expect Swift, DeAndre, Swift, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Amon Ross and Brown to be probably the two big focal points in the, the game plan this Sunday. Okay, yeah, for sure. So that, that is definitely one area of concern. I think our defensive line is actually pretty strong, but in regard yeah. to your offensive line, that's going to be the matchup, in my opinion, right? The offensive line versus the defensive line. And, yeah, James Robinson and um, Travis Etienne had some pretty big runs against us, so it would be pretty interesting. Um, going back to Hawkinson, is this his fifth year or fourth year? Where, where is he in regard to his fourth, contract? Fourth okay. year, yeah. Yeah, um, it looks like they're going to probably pick his fifth-year option up for next year if they can't get the extension done. But it seems like, you know, all signs are pointing that they do want to get an extension done with TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Now, 
could that be on pause and they might want to see another year on him? I think that's very possible. And honestly, that's where I sit right now. I'm not necessarily open to just giving him a big contract right now, making him one of the higher paid tight ends, because frankly, I just don't think he is there yet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like I, he's definitely not in that tier one with like the, the Travis Kelsey's and George Kittles, Mark Andrews and Wallers. Like he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I think is the interesting question is he even in the tier two yet with the guys like Dallas Goddard, um, Dalton Schultz and those type of players. Like, is he there yet? Uh, Kyle Pitts, another one in, the, in that name. I don't know if he's there yet. Um, he's close to it. So I don't know if they want to, you know, right now commit to him. I, I think it's going to be an interesting question. Right now I sit, I want to wait and see. Kind of like golf. Just want to see if he is the, you know, the answer going forward. Because um, if you pay him, you know, he's going to probably make that Dallas Goddard contract. And, you know, I think that's a fair assumption, and which is about $14 million a year. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if I'm there yet, if I want to pay TJ uh, that type of money. How's Detroit's cap situation? I'm not too familiar with it. You guys pretty, do you guys have ample money? Do you have a lot of money to spend or how's it looking? Yeah. So right now we are fine because we have a lot of rookie contracts and stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, you got to look down the line as well. Once mm-hmm. these rookie contracts do expire, if you do want to get a new quarterback in, if then, if that's not a rookie, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to pay that quarterback potentially if it's a veteran. hundred um, percent. And once some of these rookie contracts run out, you're going to have to pay those guys eventually. Hopefully, you know, they pan out, right? Because that's the mm-hmm. plan. You know, guys like Penny Sewell, Amon Ross St. Brown, Aiden Hutchinson, who he drafted this year. And, mm-hmm. uh, you got to look down the line. So right now, I mean, you look at it, you can get the deal done. But could TJ cost us from extending another player? I think that's very possible. So I think you have to look at it both ways. Because I, th- I think right now, unless I see something more from TJ, I really do think he's replaceable right now. Okay, that's a good honest assessment. It was, it was interesting. I actually went on another podcast last night, and they were really high on TJ Hawkinson. I know he made the Pro Bowl last year, so you know it's kind of interesting to see different perspectives on it. Because I do think he's a pretty solid tight end. I think across the league, though, tight ends are pretty pretty viable altogether. Though I think you yeah. said it exactly right. Like he he is a good tight end, but is he tight end 10, 11, or is he tight end top five? You know, there's, you have to kind of look at it that way. And I think he's probably more in that tier two range. I agree with you. Like kind of right around there. Um. So let's kind of talk about the other your weaknesses, I suppose, right? So we know the offense is probably the strength of your team. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say the offensive line is a big strength. Receiving core, obviously, still, you know, it's kind of young. You know, Amon Rossi and Brown, year two player. DJ Chark mm-hmm. is new into this offense. Josh Reynolds mm-hmm. is really like the only veteran that's kind of been here. And even him, he came halfway through the season last year because he was with Tennessee in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then on the, I guess, what's, what are the weaknesses of your team holistically? You can talk about the defense if you'd like. So what's, what should Washington exploit in your opinion? I would say the secondary, you know, I think it's very, uh, you know, position that's vulnerable right now because it's really young. And last week we didn't see Philly tested too much because Jalen Hurst was just running so well with his legs and they got that run game going. So, you know, they didn't really test out our secondary too much. So our secondary didn't end up having a bad game just because mm-hmm. they didn't get tested out by that much. I mean, Amani or Warrior, who was, been really good for our team had a really rough you know game one versus aj brown he, he had a tough week um but i, I expect with your guys's weapons guys like terry mclaurin you know curtis samuel had a big game jahan dotson the rookie who had a pretty good week one as well i expect you guys to test out our corners i mean jeff okuda is he legit i mean he had a really good week one but that's probably his first good game in the nfl you know he was a number three <laughs> overall pick you know yeah. he's dealt with two significant injuries he's kind of getting back into it Lions fans are definitely encouraged with this all week one. They definitely want to see more of that. And I think Washington is probably looking at that. It's like, okay, you had a good week. Let's see what you could do. Could you do it again? And yeah. I guess that's, that's, we're going to see that answer on Sunday uh, <laughs> with guys like Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And then Amani, you know, he's a guy, like I said, who's been good. Had a really good year last year. But had a rough game one versus Philly. And A.J. Brown really kind of took his lunch money that game. So they're probably looking at that. It's like, okay. You were good last year, Bar. You could go into this year. We're going to circle you. We're going to try to t- try you out. Okay. Um, so I, I think our corners is definitely a position you guys should try to look to uh, take advantage of this Sunday. Yeah, we'll definitely start talking about watching. I want to hear your perspective and how you guys view us from your end. But I guess real quick, I think I think you guys gave up like 355 yards on defense. A lot of it, was it mostly rushing and was it mostly Jalen Hurts? Like what was going on over that story? So I want to hear yeah. the more detailed story behind it because I saw it on the box score, but near your perspective yeah man jalen Hurst was really good that game um okay. really good you know he he really just got it going with his legs and mm-hmm. you know the run game got going because they were kind of trying to focus on jalen and then mm-hmm. miles sanders got going you know it's a it's a different assignment this week because carson Wentz doesn't have the same mobility as a guy like like mm-hmm. jalen hurts and something that kind of goes unnoticed in that week one game i would say for the lions defense was there was a lot of times that game, especially Aiden Hutchinson, like they got in the backfield, like they could have sacked him. It's just Jalen was moving too much. So it's going to be interesting this week with a guy that's not as mobile like Carson Wentz. Could we maybe finish off those sacks this time and not have a quarterback escape in the pocket like what Jalen was doing? So um, we'll definitely see. I think our pass rush will be better this game than it was last week. You guys have a pretty good offensive line as well, but I think we're, we could both agree Philly probably has a better offensive line, probably the best offensive line in football. So it's not a shot to you guys at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I expect our passers to get home a little more than it did than it did last week. No, I totally agree. I think everything you're saying is fair. I think everything you're saying is definitely true. And I watched that game and Jalen Hurts, man, he definitely appeared to be a problem. He was doing impressive, all this RPO man. action and running. He well, he did look impressive. Like, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I watched the game and I, you know, I definitely took some notes, but like, you know, he was feeding A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown had 11 catches that game, was force-feeding him as well. And, like, I think they even said it during the commentary, they're already establishing that quick slant with um, A.J. Brown where he kind of catches it and kind of bullies up the field. And I can see that going. And the RPA was definitely deadly. And I hope our offense – I hope our defense line can kind of contain him. But we'll see how that goes. Um, let's kind of turn the table a little bit. I want to hear – like, you, get, you can ask me any questions you'd like, but I also want to throw it your way. Um, so, like, from a national level, from a Detroit level, what do you perceive Washington's strengths to be and what do you perceive our weaknesses to be? 
so the strength. So I actually asked a former Washington player, uh, Anthony Armstrong. I asked, yeah. him the, I, I asked him the same exact question. What is something I'm circling when I'm watching yeah. the commanders? Like who is someone I should watch out for? Mm-hmm. And the answer he gave me was Terry McLaurin. I think that's very valid. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin's a really good receiver, man. I think he, you know, top 15, probably in that top 12 conversation, you could even put him in as far as the league. And it's a really good receivers league right now. We have a lot of good receivers in this mm-hmm. league right now. And I think Terry McLaurin is right in that, in that pack with all those good receivers receivers um he's definitely a guy i'm worried about this sunday because you know he's a true number one receiver in this league and Mm -hmm. we don't have a true number one corner our secondary is really young um you have a quarterback who is a veteran you know he he knows Mm -hmm. how to get his way through now is carson Wentz a top five top 10 quarterback no he's not there but is he a guy that's been experienced a guy who could win games this league most definitely could do that you know so i i think he's gonna look for terry mclaurin in this game he's definitely you know a worry and something about this Washington team that I noticed just looking at the depth chart, man, speed, 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 speed is a big emphasis in this, <laughs> in this, in this lineup, it looks like. Curtis 100%. Samuel for him in Carolina, and now you guys obviously have him. And then Jahan Dotson, the draft process from Penn State, you know, he's just one of those guys where he, he fell in the, the Penn State water. I mean, whatever they feed <laughs> those guys in Penn State, man, they always have these crazy athletes like Saquon Barkley, Michael They Parsons, do, man. Um, it was away last year, Jason away, the edge rusher. And I think John mm-hmm. Dodson's in that category as well, man. They just have these crazy athletes and guys with crazy speed. So looking at this Washington, you know, commander's offense, there's a lot of speed. And then like you mentioned on the defense side of the ball, the defensive line is still a big strength. Montez Sweat was one of my favorite players coming out. I wanted him mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. badly in that 2019 draft. Um, and we didn't end up taking him, but I loved Montez Sweat coming out. Chase Young, obviously, he's not going to be playing this game, but yeah. you know he was a crazy player coming out. Um, and I think you saw your nose tackle is going to be missing this game. Got placed on IR, Mathis. Yeah, Mathis. Mathis is a second-round pick from Alabama. Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely nailed it. I think Terry McLaurin is going to be a key to the game. He is – I like to call – like, I'm not even trying to gloat and be a homer, but I do think he's a quarterback proof. He's kind of proved that over eight to nine quarterbacks that we've had through come through Washington. And he is legit. He can catch – he's a – um. He does have that speed, but I say he's more like a, he's more of like a nuanced runner kind of a wide receiver where he'll kind of catch slants and hitches and crosses and things like that. He's definitely solid. Um, Jahan Dotson, I definitely um, was funny. I, I collaborate with a lot of Eagles collaborators and content creators, and they're mostly Penn State fans because they're all from PA. And they were like, dude, Jahan Dotson, you're going to love him. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to love him. And then all throughout training camp, we've been hearing about him. And honestly, like, it was at the point, like, I'm being open. It was at the point during training camp where we were like, yo, we should like not be talking about Jahan Dotson. We want to catch the league on notice basically as it goes on because he hit the ground running. He's kind of like Terry McLaurin, like mini me. He's like same demeanor, same way he kind of carries himself. Um, I guess one thing to kind of for your listeners that are watching as well, um, basically Curtis Samuel, what I was so impressed with last week was his like um, diversity. Like we, we were worried about him. He had a core surgery. He had a groin injury last year, uh, kind of mysterious. He only played in five games, but then we're starting to see him use as like almost like Debo Samuel. Like, you, like I don't know if it's going to be an every week type of thing, but they basically put him like in a diamond formation. They put him in a wishbone formation in the back of the field. So in the backfield and had a jet sweep. So it was interesting to kind of see him, um, to see him kind of create last week so hopefully that continues but um that's kind of so we're on that path in regard to that so yeah i got, I got, a, I got a question yeah. for you yeah so what would you say you know is the general perception of the lions from an outsider's perspective so it depends you know if, like for me i'm always an objective i'm an nfl fan for like i really love i love all sports and i try to keep it as honest as i can and i am a commander's fan but definitely more of an nfl fan 
well, let me rephrase. I'm definitely a Commanders fan, but I love the NFL. Yeah. Um, I think they're kind of on the team on the rise. I do think that they do have some talent. I think once Jamison Williams comes back and he starts like you know actually adding, I think he might be potentially the, one of the most explosive wide receivers in the draft. So getting him will be there. I think DeAndre um, Swift is a stud. I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a great player. Um, I think, you know, I think honestly, he got a, a bad rap I saw with social media last week, but I think, you know, he got caught up in RPOs with Jalen Hurts. And I think it was kind of a not a good situation for him, especially for week one, because Jalen Hurts is a refined quarterback at this point. So I think the Lions are on the rise. Um, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Jared Goff. I don't know if, like, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, I don't think he's an elevator. I think he's a good, a good distributor of the ball. And I think he kind of got away with it with Sean McVay because Sean McVay is a wizard, man. So I think he definitely, kind of grew there but um like from talking to you guys now for the over the past week your offense seems like it's a little bit ahead of the defense the defense to kind of shore up a little bit but i don't like i see like you guys are building things the right way and i guess i have a follow-up question for you like i guess the question would be for me is dan campbell do you think he's the kind of guy that can lead the team i still think it's a question mark right now like i think as far as getting the guys going i don't think it's a problem i think Mm -hmm. a lot of the players respect him i like there's no issues there but as far as a game clock manager and a game time manager to say, I think there's still a lot of question marks about Dan Campbell because there are still some things you see on Sunday and you're really questioning. It's like, what are we doing here? Um, mm-hmm. and, and and I didn't have it as much as I did week one that I did last year. So I think he has improved on that aspect, at least from one game sample. So I don't want to overreact because we obviously have still 16 more games to go. I want to have a full season to assess more to see if he really got better from last year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was a couple of head scratchers last game. You know, I, I think one that was kind of controversy, which I didn't mind as much. I said it on my show, uh, the onset kick last week, it, it was in the third quarter. You know, they were down after they got a touchdown, try to get the ball back. Obviously didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a head scratcher to some fans, but you know, to me, I kind of saw it both ways. So, but whatever that I can see that being controversy. The way that they ended the first half was kind of controversial as well. And something I didn't agree with personally was, you know, our defense was struggling pretty badly at that point. And you were only down seven and it was second and 16. They, you know, they, they got a big stop and then um, they call a timeout trying to get the ball back. And then Philly gets a big play. Um, mm. and gave then them more time to get down the field. More I got you. Mm-hmm. Then they got more points. For me, it was like at that point, our defense was struggling. Let's just go into half. Philly looked like they were going to be conservative, run the ball out, and mm-hmm. you know, it would be a one-score one game going into the second half. But you know, I, I still think there's some head-scratching moves from Campbell. But overall, you know, I'm optimistic that he can get it right. But mm-hmm. I just kind of want to see a full season before I have a, you know, a clear answer saying uh, I, I buy fully into him or I you know, sell him completely. Gotcha. Okay, makes sense. And uh, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz? I know that's not like we're kind of we have a perception over here, and I can touch on that whenever you're done. But how do you guys feel about Carson Wentz? I kind of look at him almost like Jared Goff a little bit. I don't know if that's fair. Um, you know, uh, you know, he's had success kind of like Goff. They both went to a Super Bowl. I know he got hurt, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And you know, with Wentz, it's just kind of he went from Indy, was all right. They missed the playoffs in a brutal Week 18 game versus Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know now he's in Washington. You know, I I just look at him. I used to love Carson Wentz a lot in Philly, mm-hmm. and just it's, I don't view him the same as I do now. I, I think he is kind of like Goff, like I mentioned, just kind of a good bridge quarterback mm-hmm. and a guy you could always upgrade from. But could he win with Carson Wentz? Could he win with Jared Goff? Yeah, absolutely. I think you could win with those guys if they're in a very good situation. But if you can upgrade the position, I don't think there's any hesitation from that standpoint from either Goff and Wentz. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch it. And I think, um, I think the plan, honestly, is to keep him around. I think we're going to kind of like sit on that for a couple of years. And the hope is that he was kind of in a bad situation in Indianapolis. I think, I think Ron Rivera loves him and wants to build around him. Um, we'll see how that goes. I do like my honest perception is I think he has the physical talent. Like he's 6'5, 240, can make every throw on the field. Um, I am concerned about his decision making, but after week one, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think I haven't seen like what, it's different, right? Being in Washington, we've had kind of a carousel of quarterbacks over the past couple of years. I think Carson Wentz could be a quarterback that we can ride for like three, four years, depending on how he plays. I, I kind of like, I'm, like I'm going to say Kirk Cousins, like, but like I think he's slightly below Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins yeah. is a great player, but I think Carson Wentz can provide that. I think he'll do some big plays and put some stats up, but it will also throw some kind of boneheaded plays within the actual game. But at the same time, we haven't had a quarterback that can bring us back. Like one thing that was exciting when week one is, you know, we scored two touchdowns with the first two drives, two passing touchdowns. Um, it was, a, I think it was the first time since 2015, we had four touchdown performance by our quarterback and he threw for over 300 yards in his opening game. So that was fantastic to see. And the fact that we got down by 10 and he brought us back into the game is so, you know, that's, that's eye opening and it kind of brings that's, that's the whole Carson Wentz flavor. Like he has the ability to do so. So it's going to be interesting. And I think, as the weeks go on, you kind of learn a little bit more about each team. And this is going to be a big week for both of us, so it's going to be really interesting. You know what it is, George, I think, too? I think in Detroit, and especially me, I fall victim of this. I think yeah. we were spoiled with Matthew Stafford for so many years. Mm. And then, like, the type of talent that we had at that quarterback position, it's like we go from a guy who I think is a top-10 quarterback in the league then going to a guy – you know, who's just really average. He's just so average. <laughs> and we see all these crazy things that Stafford does, the no-look passes, the crazy sidearm passes, the fourth-quarter comebacks. And when you go from that to Jared Goff, you know, like there's nothing wrong with Goff. He's just nothing special. You know, he's just kind of is what he is. And I, I think that's why we're maybe a little more harsh. I, and Not to pick on Washington, but it's like you kind of mentioned, you guys were in a quarterback carousel. You guys had almost new quarterbacks every single year. Just didn't really yeah. have one guy that, Really, stuck yeah, 12 with years of Stafford, right? And, you know, must we had 12 years of Stafford, and then yeah. we went off. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like we got spoiled with Stafford a little bit. You know, I was going to ask you that. So I have a, I have a friend that I work with who's a Detroit fan. And um, well, I guess what's the whole perception? Like, you seem to be like you're missing Stafford, right? And I guess it, it kind of hurts to see him go to the Rams. Like, there you go. It hurts <laughs> to see him go to the Rams and win the, win the Super Bowl. But, like, what's the general, like, talk or radio perception of him and the, the water water cooler talk? Or people are like, like when he left, was that devastating? Were they like, you know, they were done with him at that point? Like, what was the feeling about Matt Stafford at that point? I mean, for me, it was I'm always going to respect Stafford. Stafford's always going to okay. be my quarterback, my favorite quarterback in the league. Um, I mean, maybe that could change if the Lions could get a new franchise quarterback, something like that. <laughs> maybe that yeah. changes. But Stafford's my guy, man. And mm -hmm. for me, like, I knew the trade was coming. Once they fired the Patricia, you know, the Patricia and Quinn era, and mm -hmm. that regime wasn't going to work. It was like, how many times are we going to keep trying this? And for Stafford's sake, you know, it was time to move on as well. They would have been his fourth head coach if we hired, you know, if he if he was here with Campbell. Mm -hmm. So it, it was really time to move on. I mean, they, they needed to do a full-blown rebuild of Lions. And that's what they exactly they did last year. They had to start from zero and just kind of re click the reset button. Because one thing that we were doing was we kept just trying to, you know, fix in our band-aids because we had Matthew Stafford and you could do that, but it wasn't enough for us to get over the hump. So it was just, I think time to finally click reset and rebuild. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what the lions did. So the move when we fired Patricia, I knew the, the move with Stafford was going to come. And I think a lot of the fan base was kind of expecting it as well. 
And, um, you know, I, I would say as far as cheering for Stafford on the ramps, I'd say it's 50-50 right now, maybe a little more like 60-40, more fans, you know, cheering for him than against him. I mean, we do have the pick attached with Stafford. So, you know, obviously if the Rams do flop, it's better for us because we get a higher pick. Mm-hmm. I, I think last year I'd fall victim to this as well as we're like, I really just want to see Stafford win, man, because I saw him lose so many times in Detroit and the guy just ended up, you know, loving as a player and wanted to see him win. But I saw other fans, their their perspective, just kind of cheering against the Rams and cheering against him kind of for the pick. And yeah, a, lot I can see a lot of people didn't like Stafford as well, too. So there it goes with that. Didn't say he's a winner. So when he kind of proved that he was a winner and, you know, kind of maybe through words, it hurt for them, <laughs> I think, a little bit. But I think this year more fans are in that boat. It's like, okay, we saw Stafford win. And this is how I feel right now. Like, we saw Stafford win. Now, hey, if they lose a couple games – This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm okay with that. Give me a better pick. I'm down for there, it. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm with that. I got that whole sense with uh, Trent Williams. So basically, I love that guy. Um, he was our guy here in D.C. He was my favorite player on the team. Uh, there definitely was like some controversy when he left where he basically set out a year. He had that brain ca- um, scalp cancer and basically butt heads with our GM. Um, people hated on like. He's very polarizing in D.C. People really love him because for everything that he's done. The people also kind of hate him because he didn't kind of bend over backwards to sign with the team again and, you know, mend that bridge. But I'm with you. I, I root for him. You know, there's, there's certain players that kind of touch your heart. So you kind of like are, you know, kind of always are, are attached to them. Um, one more kind of random question. We'll kind of bring it closer to the um, the podcast. So who are you a bigger fan of, Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, bro? I didn't watch Barry Sanders before my time. Okay. So I wa- I watched CJ. CJ is my okay. guy because I got to watch his career. But obviously, uh, you know, watching highlights of Barry, my dad's a Lions fan. So again, yeah. his perspective of, of Barry Sanders, that's obviously his guy. But, yeah. you know, Calvin's a guy I grew up with, him and Stafford. You know, that, that, that's another reason why I, I'm a big Stafford guy is because, you know, he's a guy I grew up with. He's the quarterback when I started watching football for the Lions. That was Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford, and it was Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson. So, like, if Calvin were to go elsewhere before his career ended, I know I think I'd be doing the same thing. I would be cheering for Calvin Johnson as well. But, you know, obviously he retired as a Lion, and, you know, that, that's how it went. But with Stafford going on to a different team, you know, I got to cheer for him. So I, I'd say Calvin Johnson just because I never got the opportunity to watch Barry. Does Calvin hang around the team still? Does he do any, like, appearances or just kind of come to training camp or anything like that or not really? So there was a, you know, they, they were disconnected for a little bit once their time. It was a little, you know, rocky ending between. What happened? Calvin. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Like, why were there, why was there beef? So he didn't play out his whole contract and he retired okay. before the contract ended and gotcha. they didn't pay him the rest of his contract. Kind of like the Colts, they paid Andrew Luck. I think Calvin won that same treatment. I think 
for a guy that did for so much for the organization, a lot of people just kind of expected Kelvin to get his money. And I think he expected it as well. Mm -hmm. Lions ended up not doing that. And it's just so petty because it was like one point something million dollars for a guy <laughs> like Kelvin Johnson and you're the Ford family. You think yeah. you just pay it, keep the bridge alive and keep the connection strong. But obviously ended Rocky. But it seems like I would say over the last year, it's getting better. You know, he got into the Hall of Fame as a lion, obviously, because that's only where he played. Mm -hmm. And he came for this Hall of Fame game, his Hall of Fame game here in Detroit, where they introduced him and everything. So I think it is getting better. Um, but as far as appearances and stuff like that, doesn't really do that around training camp here with the Lions yet. But I, I think it's going to change. I really do think it's getting better. He lives here out in Michigan, too. So I, I do think it's going to get better. Cool, cool. All right, last few questions we're gonna start wrapping it up. So, what's your overall perception of the Lions this year? Like, what do you got? What, what, what do you ask? What do you think is a realistic outcome for your season? Are you guys a playoff team this year in your perception? Your percept, like perception, or do you think it's seven, eight wins? What do you guys? What do you think? Kind of like what you just said, seven, eight wins. I think that's where I'm at right now. I think they're a team that's just trying to improve from last year. You know, a team that won three games last year. And, you know, I, I still look at it. They're still super young and it's year two of the rebuild from when they completely clicked to reset last year. Mm -hmm. So going from a three win team to a playoff would be great, obviously. But am I expecting that? No, uh, I think next year would be my year where I have bigger expectations for the football team and, you know, potentially competing for a division, competing for a playoff spot, something along those lines. If they sneak in, beautiful. But that's not my expectation this year. Just go out and compete, play hard. Gave me a reason to be optimistic going to 2023, and I think seven would probably be my number where I'd be satisfied. Who's the class in your division, do you think? Is it the Vikings or the Packers? Um, I, I think they're both good in different ways. Obviously, in week one, we saw Minnesota just really took care of the Packers, but mm -hmm. you know, Green Bay is one of those teams where they could start off really slow. They did it last year, had a bad mm -hmm. week one, got really killed by the Saints, and they just rebounded really well and ended up being the number one team in the NFC. Um it's tough. If I had to put my money on it, I'd probably choose the Packers to win the division this year. But the Vikings, as far as, you know, a team on paper, I think they're a better team on paper. It's just I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers and, you know, him getting to figure it out with the receiving core. And I like Matt LaFleur a lot as a coach. So I think Green Bay would be my team to win the division this year. Cool. And then I guess before we start doing game predictions, do you have any questions for the Washington or are you feeling pretty comfortable? Um, yeah, I think as far as the commanders, I think I learned a lot about you guys over, you know, <laughs> this past week, uh, hearing about your guys' offense, hearing about your guys' defense. I guess I'll ask you the same question I asked Anthony Armstrong. Okay. Um, and I kind of answered it a little bit earlier, but who are the one guy on each side of the ball where that's a playmaker for your team? Like that's the guy Lions fans should be concerned about. Do you want more of a big name or more like an under the radar kind of name? Whatever you like. What's Whatever it, like, I like. Play it, okay. okay, yeah, give me a low-key guy. I know Terry McLaurin's going to be good. <laughs> exactly. So maybe, like, like, give me another guy. Like, maybe it's like, wow, who's this guy? Like, why didn't we talk about him all week? All right, cool. So basically, we, I'm going to take Jahan Dotson off the table, too. I do think Jahan Dotson's pretty solid. So I would say um, look out for Cole Turner. I think we'll see how, if he plays or Armani Rogers. I think um, Washington really wants to implement their tight ends. We have four pretty good ones right now. Um, we want Logan Thomas to be that standout guy. I don't know if he can play for the full snaps. So Cole Turner, John Bates, Armani Rogers would be pretty, um, pretty good to keep an eye on. It would be a momentum swing for the Washington fans if Cole Turner comes out and has a big game because we've been kind of talking about him all offseason. And 
We just got to see if he can actually do it. But he'll be a big presence, six seven tight end on that side. And then, um, you know, you know about our defensive line. So I want to throw the um, attention to Cam Curl. Cam Curl basically is our strong safety. Um, he might play Buffalo Nickel. Um, him and Derek Forrest, keep an eye on both of those guys. Um, Derek Forrest had a breakout week last week. He had a 91.4 uh, PFF um, grade. Um, he again, he was he was a reserve. He wasn't supposed to play last week, but he was kind of a height, weight, speed guy out of college. Um, Cam Curl was out, so he played. He had the game-winning pick to end the game. A couple um, you know, pass breakups at the back of the um, end zone. So I think him and Cam Curl will be awesome. Like I, Keep out, like, number 31 – He's supposedly like the narrative here. You know, there's always like fan favorites to kind of root for. He's the guy that we're kind of like making a case with the fan base to get him into the Pro Bowl. We think he's kind of has that potential. So keep an eye on 31. Um, Cam Curl. Okay. Okay. Look out for him this Sunday for sure. 100%, bro. So uh, let's bring it on home. So how are you feeling about the game on uh, Sunday? Do you think you guys are going to win? What's, what's the final score prediction if you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. I think some Lions fans are being just – super unrealistic with saying this is going to be a blowout game. I just don't think where there's a team that you could mm-hmm. say we're significantly better than any team. Now, do I feel confident we can win this game? I do. I know this mm-hmm. is the first game <laughs> that the Lions are favorited in since in 22 games. We haven't been a favorite in 22 straight games. And the last yeah. game was in 2020. And how about it? We lost 20-0 in that game when we were favorite. So, I <laughs> know, uh, but I do feel confident. I, I think we match up well versus you guys. I think it's going to be a battle between both teams. Um, but I think the Lions just have some extra incentive to win this game. You know, you have two straight home games to start the season. If you drop both of them, I think that would just be a really bad look on the team itself because then you have to go play a division team in, in Minnesota, in Minnesota mm. with three. So mm. you definitely don't want to, you know, be an 0-2 team going into Minnesota. You want to try to get one win in your home, then go to Minnesota being 500, and then whatever happens there happens. Mm-hmm. So I, I think with you guys starting off one and zero, not that you guys are going to be playing lax or anything like that, because mm-hmm. it's the NFL. Like that's not happening, right? Mm-hmm. But I just think the Lions have some extra incentive to win this game. Like I said, I think we match up well, so I'm going to take the Lions to win this game. Cool. You think it's gonna be a high scoring game? I think it could be fairly high. I think I predicted. I'm terrible at score prediction, but if I had to throw a <laughs> score out there, um, I'm going to go 28-20 Detroit. So okay, fairly, fairly high. Cool. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, too. It's going to be funny. It seems like both of our offenses are pretty strong and both of our defenses are pretty weak, so we're going we're gonna to kind of see how that plays out. Um, Tyler, it was a pleasure to have you, bro. So before we um, get off here, like, let, let's um, you know, tell the listeners basically where they can find you on Twitter and socials and basically um, you know, any type of work, you're, you know, what kind of products you're working on right now. Yeah, so just the Pride Podcast. We are on all podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Mm-hmm. And as far as what we plan on doing this season, you know, it's our usual plan that we've been doing since last year. We'll hop on, do a pregame show, break down the team. We usually have a guest to help break down the squad, whoever we're playing that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, uh, the day of the game, an hour before the game, we hop on Twitter to do a Twitter spaces for about 30 minutes, talk about all the inactives, know everything that we didn't know on Wednesday awesome. when we do our preview. And then we have our instant reaction right after the game. Uh, those are usually the most emotional ones because they're instantly right <laughs> after the game. How big's your team? How big's your team? How many people do you have on your um, Pride podcast? We have – me, yeah, me and my two co-hosts, Pierre and, and Malcolm. So those are my two co-hosts. We hop on Twitter spaces after the game. Mm-hmm. And like I said, those are very emotional. And then Monday, it's usually the more tame. This is the more realistic one. That's really how the game really went because we kind of had 24 hours to sit on it and see how the mm-hmm. game went. And something new we're doing this year actually is 
And the second half of every game this year, we're hopping on a platform called Playback, and we're actually watching the game live with our listeners. They can come and join. And watch That's the pretty game. cool. All they have to do is connect their TV provider, and they can come watch the game with us. So, again, kind of like the Twitter spaces after the game, these are even extra emotional because the plays are happening <laughs> as we're watching it. We're watching it for the first time. That's a new wave, man. I know people are uh, a lot of our content creators in Washington are doing it, are doing that live, watching the game and doing all that together. I can't do that. I get too emotional. I care about the game too much. I get angry and I can't react and kind of watch your videos. That's why I can't do it. But more power to you. Hopefully you enjoy it. Um, first time doing it. You see how it goes. My boy Roger in the chat, I was wanting to show this to you. He said, slaughter them 44-19. We'll see if that works. I don't know how that's going to play out. How do you feel about that, Tyler? 44-19? Yeah. No, that's it's not going that way. I would be <laughs> shocked either way. If you told me Washington, Detroit, I would be stunned. If, if one of these 44, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. I would love to see it. And from our, I would love to see it in general, but I'd love to see it on our end. But yeah, 44 19 is going to be pretty. I think it's going to be like a 28 25 kind of game. I think you're kind of on the right path right there. Hopefully, hopefully Washington pulls it out, but it'll, it'll be a fun game altogether. But um, Tyler, thanks for having me, man. Or, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, everybody listening, I'm George Carmi at GCarmi21. You can find me at Full Press Commanders on our um, YouTube or all audio platforms. It was a pleasure having you guys. Have a great night. Peace out. <clears throat> a little video. Hold on. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.